Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To a Celtic state of mind, I'm Paul John Dykes, and this evening I'm joined by Kevin McCluskey to try and dissect what we have just witnessed. It was finer to Celtic zero, but that only tells part of the story, Kevin. Talk about uh, an incident-filled second half. We were sitting at half time, saying, you know, the game plan had worked. Yeah, we were a goal down due to a set play, which can happen. But the game plan had worked. We had a defence that was thrown together. It was um, a situation, I think, that had uh, kind of worked in our favour with the backs to the wall, warrior-type defensive performance. Second half, though, Kevin, told a bigger, different story. I mean, what do you make of all that? Two goals chopped off, two red cards, a penalty saved, and one goal in the second half. Very, very frustrating. Loads of comments coming in. A very, very frustrating night tonight. Was yeah, it was a it's a very interesting night, especially if you were a neutral, which none of us are. But um, what a second half that was! You couldn't have scripted that at half time. Um, she said the first forty five minutes, I thought it was a really even contest. It's one, you know, that free kick to give away, poor goal conceded in terms of the wall, and then maybe Hart not getting across quickly enough. <laughs> Excuse me, but we're very much in the game, and the game plan that we had at the start of the game was absolutely working. We were containing them big time. If they don't get that free kick, it sounds you know obvious to say. If they don't get, don't get that free kick, it's nil nil at half time. It's a completely different team talk and a completely different feel to the second half. 
they get their tails up a wee bit with it. They come out, you know, guns blazing a bit at the start of the second half. And then everything just goes absolutely crazy, you know. Yeah. You see two sendings off, down to nine men, 20 minutes to go. It's like a quarter of the game you're playing with nine men. And I, I've got to say, I think the nine men that finished the game and that played the majority of that final 20 minutes were absolutely outstanding in that time because they could easily have just folded and collapsed and you could have been looking at a hugely embarrassing scoreline at the end of the game. Yeah, yep. But it was only 2-0. We've only lost the one goal. Yeah, there was two goals that were disallowed and they're very, very borderline tight calls. Probably without VAR, they're both given. But... Vars called them and I think he's called them right by millimetres but doesn't matter called it right I think the lads that finished the game can be quite proud of their efforts um, but what a, just an absolutely insane 45 minutes we've just witnessed One of the the most uh, bizarre halves of football we have ever covered on a Celtic State of Mind uh, what I would say about the VAR before we get into the nitty gritty of each of the incidents that we've spoken about Kev that is how VAR should be done. That's proper VAR. That VAR compared to our VAR, where it's somebody with a crayon set, it's like an etcher sketch. You look at that one, you know they're offside. Yeah, it's marginal, but you know for a fact they're offside. You know, with the 3D graphics, they're, they're, it's not up for debate. You see the graphic, you can't argue. You think, right, that that is, I was going to say something, that's marginal. I was going to say something completely different. That That is marginal, uh, however it was offside, right? So you come away from that. If you told me before the game, we're going to go to Rotterdam, they're going to beat us to The Dutch champions are going to beat us 2-0. You kind of, you, you'd be able to lick your wounds and say, oh, okay, Right, I can take that. But the manner in which that happened is the difficult bit. The fact that there was a game plan and it was working. And like you say, even that first cut of the free kick and going in with that soft free kick, having watched it back a few more times, I, I, I take back what I said about Hart. I think it's the wall. I think he's got every right to be angry at the wall and the positioning of the wall. And um, if you are in that wall, you're not jumping out the way. You take that on any part of the anatomy that it's hitting, you just take it, right? Otherwise, don't be in the wall, right? So, yeah, I'm not blaming Hart for that, I've got to say. Um, but you go into the second half, we said at half time, Kevin, we've got a game plan, it's working, don't change it. Don't make any personnel changes, don't change the shape. We've gone into the second half, and up to about 70 minutes, you're thinking, ah, we're still in it. We're still in the game, you know? And then it all goes belly up. I want to talk about each individual incident then. Lagerbjelk. Lagerbjelk. I remember when he got booked and I thought to myself, right, you're on a razor's edge for the rest of this game because we don't really have the cover at the back. I know that Awata eventually came on, secretly came on. Nobody noticed that he sneaked on and Kyogo went off. But you're playing a man who I don't think is uh, best suited to the centre-half position if you play Awata there. However, Lagerbjelk... You know, you look at that incident where he was sent off and you're, and you're trying your best to be balanced. I think it is a sending off. There's a flailing arm, right? And it, it's where it connects with the opposition player, like right on the neck. Uh, yeah, he's going to feel like it's harsh, right? Is it a booking, Kev? Yes, it is. It's a booking. And it, then it's a penalty. It is. I, 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 you know? I, if you can, for a moment, not look at it through the green tinted specs that we tend to look at those things through it is a penalty it's one of those decisions I think where 
if it's at the other end of the park, and that's your barometer in these ones, I think you go, if that happens at the other end of the park, and you're screaming for a penalty and a second yellow, we would have been. So I think we've got to expect and accept that that will happen at the other end. It's a bit soft, it's a bit annoying, but I think he's called it right, unfortunately. Another and, annoying part of that, though, and sorry, we, is... And, and we, we spoke about, or we mentioned the two offside goals, sorry, we mentioned the two offside goals, that has also gone to a VAR check as well. And I've got a lot more faith in the VAR at that game than I would in any game in Scotland. It seems to be pretty well run. So it's gone through that secondary check. It's still a red card. I, I agree. I do agree. And I know there's going to be people disappointed and, and disagreeing with that. But I do agree. But what I would say about that that red card to Lagerbjelk, he's inexperienced at this level. It's his first game, right? At, at this level. And one of the frustrations... Uh, frustrating rather things for me is coming into this season I was looking forward to seeing how this team was going to be developing in season three and what I mean by that is it was Angie's team and we were going to go into our third European campaign and it was going to be good to see how we've improved or otherwise since last season last season there's a number of players making their Champions League debuts we spoke about this earlier on today in the bulletin and then season the second season, they're galvanised by the fact that they've had four, five or six appearances in the Champions League. They don't feel like a duck out of water. They're not the newbie. They're not the, the novice, if you like. And then we go into another campaign and we've got more novices. This is a frustrating thing because it's almost as if we're not building on the experience that we built up last year as a unit, Kev. You know, and then we go into the third campaign under the same manager with the same kind of mindset. Now, I'm not pining for Angie. I'm just saying... The two guys that were sent off have no experience at this level. Now, the first one, I feel sorry for him. Yeah, it's a bit of an experience, I think, on the first yellow card to get it so early in the game. And then, obviously, it's hanging over him from the rest of the game. The second red card for me is a bit of indiscipline. That was a wild challenge. And again, I've got no complaints about it, Kev. Oh, cannot disagree with that at all. It, it was wild. The first view of it was... Uh... It's a head-in-the-hands moment because you just know exactly what's coming. It's mm-hmm. a straight red card every day of the week. It's it's reckless. It's endangering the other player because he's got that boot raised off the ground and he's gone in with his studs. It, I mean, it's a horrible tackle. As a, again, if that happens to one of our players, you're absolutely livid at the opponent for doing it. I think it was just it was a stupid tackle to make. And it does come from... And experience and that little bit of lack in the discipline at, at this level. So you've got to hope that home will learn from that and when he gets his next chance in a couple of games' time, because that'll be him out for at least one, maybe two games. He's going to learn from it and not do the same kind of thing again. But on the night, that's a moment that has, as soon as that red card comes out, you've lost the game. One man down and a goal down having just had a penalty kick saved, you've got a chance that you can maybe get back in it still. You know, you can regroup. As soon as you go down to nine men, it's game over. And that's why I say at the top of the show, the guys that played those remaining 20 minutes to a man are heroes in a sense because they didn't fall, they didn't collapse and they stuck to their task incredibly well. You're right, because it then looks like a four, five, six. If, if the discipline goes within that that final, uh, the remaining nine players, 
then it could get really, really embarrassing. And in terms mm. of how we improve during this campaign, Kev, a goal could be a killer in terms of goal difference and how the league placings end in this particular group. I'm not writing off our group chances at this moment in time. People might think I'm bonkers no. for saying it. I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater here. There were so many circumstances working against us. Self-inflicted, by the way. Self-inflicted situation. But um, I want to talk about a few of the other performers Let's talk about Brendan for a moment then. What's Brendan learned from, from the team that he put out tonight? Does he regret the decision to play Hatati? Does he regret the decision to play uh, Palma? I don't think he does, to be honest with you. Um, it is easy to look at the players that underperformed and go that you regret playing them, but that's that comes from hindsight. So, I mean, we talked before the game... I did say I probably wouldn't start Hitati. My boy, I would have started was home and look what happened there. You know, I think he sent off five minutes after coming on. Um, I don't think you regret that starting 11 because the starting 11 played a very strong and good first 45 minutes. They played to the game plan. A couple of players might have underperformed in the half, but on the whole, the team played well. So I don't think you regret the team that started the game. I don't think he has very many regrets, personally, from the game. You know, eleven against eleven, we were we were equal to them. It's individual errors that have cost us. I don't think we made any tactical mistakes. I don't think we made any mistakes with substitutions. We were all excited to see Palmer start the game, so I think every one of us would have picked him. That he didn't perform, it can happen. You know, so I don't think he's. I don't think there's anything that he needs to learn. That way of regret. I think what they need to do is just working on things like keeping that in-game discipline, which is the thing that's cost us today. You know, when Lagerbill gets sent off and you think to yourself, right, up to that point, things are working. You know, in terms of the game plan, things are working. Yeah, you're not ahead in the game, you're not leveling the game, but the game plan's working. And Lagerbill getting sent off, you think you can, yeah, there's still a glimmer of hope there. The minute the second player gets sent off, and you notice the vast difference having two players fewer than, than final, do you think? As you say, damage limitation. Um, so I think there's going to be some, you know, galvanisation effect, if you like, from the remaining nine, and Brennan Rogers will be proud of those guys. Um, he's going to have to come out and be pretty positive in the post-match. You can't throw anybody under a bus uh, tonight because you've got two inexperienced guys getting sent off. You've got Palmer making his Champions League debut. You, you know, you can't allow him to sink because he never had a great game because you've got to pick them up, not just domestically, but, you know, when we're on that that kind of stage again, Kevin. Yeah. If you think back to last season, uh, the opening games, I think Jota was one of our biggest disappointments in the, in the Champions League games. And we know Jota's a great player. So everyone can have a bad game. It's, it is what happens every now and again. So, yeah, you don't throw Palma under the bus for that. You probably take him under your wing and tell him everything's going to be okay and that he's going to start at the weekend because you've got faith and you've got confidence in him. Mm -hmm. you know, it's This is where uh, Brendan's man management will come to the fore, I think. Um, and I think that is one of his strengths. A lot of folks have said that before. He's able to get the best out of players because he, he gets to know the player. And I think that's what he's going to do. Yeah, there will be no throwing of anyone under a bus after this. It will be protect the players that finish the game. And I think 
he'll do what we're doing just now and he'll talk up the game plan from that first 45 minutes and you take a lot of confidence from that. Um, I agree with what you'd said as well, that I don't by any manner of means think that this means we're out of the group already. We've, we're in a group this year, thinking about it. Last year, sorry, we had Real Madrid, we had RB Leipzig and we had Shakhtar Donetsk. We were miles behind a team like Real Madrid in every aspect. But we gave them at least 60 minutes of a good game. Mm-hmm. I think we competed well against Leipzig over the two games. Didn't get the results, but we competed fairly well and we should have done better against Donetsk. This season, the gap between us as the top four team and Feyenoord as the top, as the top one team is pretty close, actually. I don't think there's that much in it. And the first 45 minutes showed it. Lazio and Atletico Madrid drew one all tonight, but only a point behind them. It's not as if we're three behind any of them. And I think, especially at Celtic Park, if we can keep it to 11 against 11 for the full 90 minutes, I think we can give all three teams a game. And that's where I'm looking for us to pick up the bulk of our points. We're still very much in it. There's still, despite a disappointing result, some positives that you can take from this. And you have to. I will build it for the next game. You've got to try. You're against the top one team. You're away from home, Kev. And when I say a makeshift defence, I'm talking about the fact that there's no option there. Right, I know that they've played three games on the bounce, two and a half games. We've had three shutouts. I get it. But they're a makeshift defence because there's no other option. You know, we've ended up having to throw a water back in there when we're down to nine. So you're in the pot, you're, you're against the pot one team away from home, makeshift defence. You come away with two red cards having been beaten 2 0. So you're right, you've got to be able to try and look at some kind of positives. People might think you're, you're mad for doing it, but I'm looking at that situation tonight and I'm thinking everything that could have gone wrong tonight has gone wrong. There's not going to be many games like that that you're going to have to face. As I say, I've never seen a half of football like that whilst Axom's been streaming every game in the last, I think this is our fourth season. Yeah, this is a fourth season that we've been doing the games. I've never seen a game of football so incident-packed, so many um, decisions going against you, but also a couple of them falling in your favour, and rightly so. Let's get some of the thoughts of the um, commenters. And yes, Joe Hart did save a penalty. Uh, let's uh, give him loads of plaudits for that as well. Um, the Kurgan... How many times is this going to happen in Europe before we get our act together? Players are just not good enough at European level. We still haven't replaced Jota and it tells. Now, yeah, we haven't. We haven't. And you know what? We can't because Jota left Celtic as a £25 million player. So what we need to do is go into that category on the financial page and saying that you know we've got to develop a player maybe over two seasons to possibly be as good and as high a standard as Jota. We, we can't replace him, but what we have to replace him with is someone that can take on their man, and, and uh, I think that we've tried to do that by bringing in some of these players. Palmer was like a rabbit in the headlights in the first half, Kev, but he's a player that we're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to try and build his confidence up. You know, he, he, he had, what, 20 minutes against Dundee to prepare for this? This is a different level of football for him. So, you know, I don't think we were fully prepared. Some of that is self-inflicted. Some of it is just bad luck with the injuries, Kev. Yeah, that sums it up. There's things um, we could have had a stronger transfer window. 
mm-hmm. without a doubt. And we could have come into this game with a stronger team that was better prepared for it. We didn't have to wait until the last minute to sign somebody like Palmer. I'm sure we could have had him or someone else in the door earlier. We didn't, but there's no point bleating about that in a sense now because the transfer window's gone. You've got to deal with what you've got. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Selling Jota when we did was not planned. So I reckon that maybe we've looked at bringing in somebody then like Tilio or Yang as a long-term replacement, working a season under Jota or with him, and then he was going to come in next season because I think the plan was probably we're letting him go at the end of this season. So things like that you maybe can't always plan for, and you definitely can't plan for the injury crisis that we've had at the back. You know we've got about three or four centre backs injured that would have started today if they were fit. So yeah, a lot of things have gone wrong. But not all of it is um what I'm gonna say here. A lot of things have gone wrong with the transfer window certainly, but a lot of aspects as well are just out of our control. Um and we do you do have to make the best of what you've got. And I think as I say I'll, I'll become the broken record in it for 45 minutes today when it was 11 against 11. We absolutely did give it our best. Of course, the quality or the lack of quality is going to show when it goes down to 10 and then 9. But again, 9 men, we showed so much fight and commitment in that game. Had we been able to keep it even at 10, we still had a chance of stealing a point from that game. So as much as we can, try and focus on the positives. But also, yes, let's also highlight that a stronger, better planned out transfer window would have seen us better prepared for this game. Yeah, you look at that team, you think, right, it's Champions League match day one. Do you really want your playmaker in Atati having something like 30 minutes in his legs before the game? Of course you don't. That's no ideal. But there's nothing you can do about it because of the injuries. Do you really want your uh, left winger to have played one substitute appearance for the club before he makes his Champions League debut. Of course you don't. You know, these things are not ideal. Do you want to have a makeshift uh, central defensive partnership, who, by the way, weren't the reason we lost the game tonight? But no, it's no ideal. So I agree with the, the comment. We weren't prepared. And this is, again, this is a frustration. I've said this before. When Brennan Rodgers' team is flying and at its absolute best first time round, I don't think we've seen it in Europe. When Ange Postacoglu's team, similarly, are at their absolute best, we didn't actually see that in Europe. And that's a frustration because the cycle comes around so quickly now that you used to think we've got three players with a, an ultra-talent 
but it's not going to be, sorry, three years. We don't have them for three years any longer. We had Jota for two years, you know, so that cycle is a lot quicker in coming back round, Kevin, so you don't get the opportunity to see the fully-fledged, fully-developed side in full flow in Europe. And it seems, it does feel yeah. as though we're starting again, doesn't it? It does. There was, a, I think it was Kevin Graham made a very similar point to that. But before the cycle used to be five years mm. of a manager, really, and a manager building his team up over five years, and they probably move on. Then it dropped down to three years, and now it is becoming 18 months, 24 to 18 months. It is difficult for us, a team like us, I think, to see the best of a team in full flow in Europe because we're in constant flux and change. Um, and we saw it tonight. And yes, I was absolutely looking forward over the, the, well, at the end of last season, I was absolutely looking forward to Europe this season and seeing what Angie's team could do, because I reckon he had a transfer window planned out for players coming in to suit his style and his way, because he always seemed to plan at least one transfer window ahead. Not having him did mean more rebuild rather than um, progression. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, we are back to season zero again. So we are going to have to go through this really frustrating season. And I hate to say it, but you're probably going to have to wait until next season to see the best of Rogers' team in Europe. I don't want to wait for it, though. I want to see us having the best now. But probably we will have to wait for it. And we'll just, as I say, make the most and make the best of what we've got this season. Going back to the point about us not replacing Jota, Kevin, what I would also say is it's not a case of having not replaced Starfield. We've not replaced the partnership we had, which was the best defence in Scotland for two years running. Carter Vickers and Starfield, you remove one element of that, the partnership's gone. We haven't had that partnership all season. It's almost chopped and changed um, you know, so regularly that it's so difficult. And by the way, and I'll say it again, Lagerbelt and Scales, I thought, played admirably. Lagerbelt will, will take that one on the chin. Hopefully, he'll come back stronger. Um, but we, we've not had the partnership that we relied upon so so much over the two years, and we've not got Jota, who is a game changer. He's a match winner. He's a creative player who can do something in, in a match like tonight. So, yeah, we are missing him. No, we're not as strong as we were last season. I don't think there's any doubt in that. Now, Sean Fairley, desperately trying to stay positive. So are we. The performance before the first goal gave me hope that we can compete in this group. And I think that's what we're saying, Kevin. We're saying, listen, we're not giving up yet because there's going to be occasions where we go in with a full-strength lineup at home and you get a completely different outcome. Yeah, of course we will. And you can't really you can't really discuss the last 20 minutes with any don't give it any real analysis on it in that way, because it wasn't an even game. You know, you're playing with two men down. So there's no point really discussing that. That was a lost game. All you can say is the guys that played the game in that time gave it their all and were brilliant. Up until that point, we were matching the team. And yes, once we get everybody fit, once we get our full strength team back, I think we can give everyone a, a game for the full 90. And at home, 60,000 Celtic fans behind you, got to be confident that we win at least one game, maybe two, and that might be enough to get the third place, which I think is a realistic goal for us to get. Well, I'm going to put it in there. Um, yeah, I agree with that, and I think that we're going to get stronger with regards to the, the injury concerns. And I don't just mean the ones that are out tonight. You know, guys like Hatati who are not 
fully up to speed yet. Uh, we had that discussion before the game. I would have played Hatati. I'm not saying it was a mistake, but obviously, you know, a fully firing Hatati is a completely different beast in the Celtic side. No, Doran, the Lager red card was a bit soft, and their lad made a meal of going down. But home deserved to walk, unfortunately. I, I agree with that. I think there was an there was an element of um, rashness in the tackle. I think that he did have the studs up, Kev, but almost the second contact was worse, where he's made contact with just underside of the knee. Um, so one way or another, he's going. And when you see the replay, it doesn't look any better. David Boyle, the naivety of us in Europe is depressing. Even when not outclassed, we shoot ourselves in the foot. Yeah, there's a self-inflicted, self-destructive element to tonight's performance, Kevin, which makes it all the more frustrating. Um, and Liam Reid... It wasn't even... So I was going to say, even in the first half, mm-hmm. even in the first half when we were playing well, what was going to cost us the game, if anything, was um, individual errors or that kind of hard passing it short every time instead of going long when you really should have. Players trying the risky pass at the yards from our goal instead of maybe playing something a bit safer. Fire didn't create anything in the first 45 minutes. Not that I really remember. It was from self-inflicted mistakes. So again, a reason to kind of be a bit more positive about things. Yeah, definitely. Um, Liam Reid is saying the summer transfer window has backfired on us majorly. Brendan has not had enough time to gel these players. Yeah, totally. We shouldn't be scrambling to bring players in the last couple of days. And, and I would add to that, Liam, it's something we've spoken about over the last week. Not only was I disappointed with this summer's transfer window, Kevin, uh, talking about the, the type of players who can make an immediate impact, I also think last season's transfers uh, were not up to scratch. So we've gone into this season probably with maybe two players who have made an impact in in Alistair Johnson and O, and the rest of them are up for debate, and I include Awata in there, um, Haksabanovic, Bernabe, Segrist, Kobayashi, all these guys where you've you know, you've brought in a lot of bodies there, Kev, and you're thinking to yourself, these are the guys that should have bedded themselves in. They should have been, there's half a dozen players there who should have been part of this team and they're nowhere near it. Um, so, yeah, poor transfer window, absolutely take that. But I also would add, season two under Ange wasn't good enough in the in the recruitment stakes. Jean-Paul II, yeah. uh, all very well having a hefty bank balance, but they were there for the taking tonight. And this is what so-called projects get you. Um, yeah, we're trying not to use the word project because we know that it's difficult to say what's a project and what's not. And I think James made a good point. Um, if it doesn't work a la Patrick Klamala, you call it a project. If it works like Hatati, you don't call it a project. So it's like if it doesn't work, we'll just hit it with a project tag. Uh, if people are going to naturally look at the fact that we've released these figures and say, well, how come we were short tonight? It's one of those ones that's going to leave you pulling your hair out, I think. Um, we all know that the transfer window was poor and that we we, we didn't sign first-team-ready players that we should have. And there was a point during the transfer window when we were playing in Japan and I was really calm and relaxed about it because we made a few of the early signings and we were bringing in like Kwon and Yang like home, Tilly would come in by then and you're going, no, oh, this is fine. We're bringing in, for want of a better word, then those project players, those development players that are going to ease their way in over the course of a season or so. By the end of the transfer window, we'll make the three, four big signings that we need. And then they just never came. 
and we've all noticed, we all know the areas we need to strengthen. We all know the amount of money that we need to spend in it. And no one's asking for 10, 15 million pound signings. If we can go and make a few five, six, seven, eight million pound signings, then that would make a big difference to the team. So that's very annoying in the first place. And then when you see, yes, is it 71 million pounds cash in the bank? It's absolutely aye, pulling your hair out time. If you just think we'd spent another 10, 15 million, it's not to do anything in Scotland. It's to make an impact in Europe, which is where the ambition should be. So very frustrating. I can understand why the club wants to have cash in the bank because there are things that you need to prepare for, like a poor season in Europe. Self-fulfilling prophecy, though, by not spending the money in the first place. It mm-hmm. is developing Celtic Park. It is developing Barrafield. There's lots of good things they'll do with the money. But as fans, first and foremost, you want to see the money spent on players on the pitch. You do. You happen. do. You, you know, the thing with me is it's not as though we haven't spent money. I know that, obviously, with, with the incomings, um, you look at the net, and, and, I, and I get that. But I've always been of the view that if you're spending 20 million quid, Right, buy three players, and and make sure the players are in that second category, which is making immediate impact on the team. Now, unless something exceptional comes along in terms of a player you can develop, unless a Matt O'Reilly or a Rio attack, because it's not behind sight. I mean, obviously, Ange Postecoglou knew the, the value of Rio Atati. Um Matt O'Reilly's figures obviously were were showing that this guy had. Supreme potential. I remember Ange Postacoglu talking about the fact that he was not on the radar, but it was presented to him at such a stage, Kev, where one and a half million quid was a no-brainer for Matt O'Reilly. I get yeah. that you know that there are players who you know at that time that we we bought them, they were more of a sure bet. Nothing's a hundred percent certain, but they were more of a sure bet. I just think we were at a stage where it it shouldn't have been seventy-five, eighty percent developing players and twenty percent instant impact players. I, I think that after winning a treble and going into your Champions League group, you were looking, I certainly was as a Celtic fan, looking for two or three players of the ilk of your Carter Vickers, Abada, Starfield, that level. And I know Abada was young when we brought him in, but you know what he did. He wasn't a project. He wasn't a guy that you thought to yourself, you know, what, what happens if he doesn't work out? Oh, he was already an international footballer. So I think yeah. that the concern for me, you're bringing in a Quan, for example. Quan's nowhere near ready to play for Celtic's first team. So I, I would have much rather have brought in three rather than ten. That's my point. And make sure that they're, yeah. they're guys that you can put straight into the, the team tonight. Yeah, and that makes absolute sense. That's exactly what you should be doing with the money. Especially this summer of all summers, when you've basically been given £25 million of free cash to go and spend. Because, as, as I say, I don't think... I don't think the plan was to sell Jota this summer. I think it's to do it next summer. So you've got £25 million a year ahead of schedule. Go and spend it on first-team ready players. You can spend whatever money you wanted to on the development-type players because, you know, you have this extra free money. Just go and use it wisely. And we didn't. Um, And for us, a club like us at our size, if we do want to develop... Exactly. If you're spending twenty million, the guts of that's got to go on players that are first team ready because that's the way that we'll get better. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not by always investing in the development type of player. So 
I'm, there was I'm, too I'm, much of that, I think. That was the problem, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm talking myself now to being very, very disappointed and frustrated with that transfer window, even more than I thought I was. Mm-hmm. But this but this is when it comes back and bites and really gets you. Because questions that you'll get asked before the Champions League really starts is, is the squad strong enough to win the league? 100%, I think it is. Is it strong enough to make an impact in Europe? Probably not. And why not? Because we didn't make the most of the chance that we had to invest in the summer. Yeah, you're right. And there's been so many occasions in the past where you've gone into a Champions League campaign with £10 million worth of new signings sitting on the bench because we signed them too late. You remember Julian and Ball and Goli? Remember him? Um, And Callum McGregor's playing left-back that night. And you've got £10 million signings. It's the timing. It's, It's just poor planning for these big games, and then you're left with a what-if kind of feeling after the game. AJSC Tech, we performed well, and the game plan was working, so some positives. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, and Joe McCusker, one win in 22 Champions League games, 16 losses. You cannot argue with that, Joe. It's simply not good enough. Uh, David Doherty, European Groundhog Day, feels a bit like that. John O'Glaughlin, it always, it's always self-inflicted. That's exactly what we're talking about. We'll be screaming about it all pre-season. Uh, and then you've got Mick saying we were toe-to-toe with them in the first half. Right. I think that we've been as balanced as we can, as disappointing as it is tonight. Big shout-out to Natasha and her sister and, her, uh, and everybody else that we saw on the screen in that second half. Did you see them? We asked some TV I on did, yes. the second half. The, yeah. The yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, there was absolutely. There's absolutely everywhere. I know, there was a few others in that crowd somewhere. So safe travels for everybody coming home. Hopefully you had a great time over in Rotterdam. The fans uh, do Celtic proud uh, all over Europe. So that was fantastic. And 14, 1500 years on the live stream. Thanks very much for getting involved. We'll be back no matter what. We'll be back tomorrow at 12.30 for the Bulletin. Um, I'll be joined by Big John Hughes and also James McKenzie, um, who is currently working on the blog. So you can check that out later on tonight. All that's left for me to say, Kevin McCluskey, thank you for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.